This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 324, The Rambo Franchise. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Superman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and this is kind of a different kind of episode. Um, this podcast is about this intersection of pop culture, usually fantasy and sci-fi, and I guess that this retrospective could be considered a fantasy retrospective when you consider the physics of things that's going on and the um, over-the-top heroics of things that are going on in some of the later movies. Um, But it's a movie series that I wanted to revisit, and I know here coming in September, there's going to be the fifth installment in the movie series, and so I wanted to get a retrospective of this movie series uh, done before then. And I don't know when this is going to come out, when this episode is going to come out. I'm not sure exactly uh, how I'm going to work that out. But um, this is just me. Uh, This is just me sitting down and watching the movies uh, and then talking about it. And in some ways, if you're familiar with the comic book time machine, uh, I sometimes have done some episodes there where I'm reading through a series and I'll I'll read the issue and then I'll stop and I'll uh, record something about it and then I'll read again. And um, I also have done that with uh, comic book grab bags where I'm opening a bag of comics. I take one out, read it, talk about it. Take the next one out, read it, talk about it. And this is going to be a similar format to that where I'm just – watching these movies and and then um talking about them and uh and honestly i also um, was reminded of you know that style of of doing things uh when i was listening to the uh, helix reviews podcast with uh, david errington and he did that with uh his fast and the furious uh, franchise and um and so that that made me think about uh yeah i could i could do that kind of thing here and so you know so Thanks to past me with the comic book time machine and then also David Arrington where he did it with the movies. I thought, oh, hey, this is something that could work here. And so I'm going to be watching the Rambo series, which I have only seen all the way through two of the movies from the Rambo series. I have not seen the fourth one and I have not seen Rambo three. I believe I have seen uh, Rambo first blood part two. And I know I've seen first blood first blood. I've seen a number of times. It's a movie that I really, really like and it's a powerful movie and it's uh, it's got, uh, we'll get to this uh, after I've watched it, but it's got one of 
the best movie lines for me uh, of all time. And uh, it, it just, I, I, the line sticks in my head and it just is something that I quote often in my head, not as often outside of my head because people won't necessarily get it. But when something happens and someone says it's over in my mind, I'm saying nothing is over, nothing. And I, I just, it's a movie I really appreciate and like, so I'm going to watch that now. It's also a Christmas movie uh, that cannot be stressed enough that this movie, Rambo, not Rambo, sorry, First Blood, is a Christmas movie. So like I said, I'm not sure exactly how or how long it's going to take to do this and, and if this is going to be released um, you know, in September with that other, that, that, that final Rambo movie. Um, but this is going to be the Rambo retrospective, which means I'm going to talk about the other four <laughs> that have not come out or that have come out. And I won't be talking about the fifth one here, but I'm not sure if it's going to be like a quick double thing or where, you know, it takes me all the way to September to do this. Or if this is just going to go out when we need an episode and and this one is what we put out. But um, I do plan to come back to uh, Rambo 5 Last Blood, I think is what they're calling it. I'm not sure if it's just going to be Last Blood or if it's going to be Rambo colon Last Blood or if it's going to be Rambo 5 Last Blood. But uh, yeah, right now I'm going to watch First Blood and after I'm done watching it, I'm going to talk about it. And then at some point, at some time, I'm going to be watching the other three and yeah, we'll see how it goes. So here I go watching the movie. So I just watched uh, First Blood and I have to say I forgot how good this movie was and I already remembered that it was good, but now I remember that it's better than it was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's some goofy stuff to this movie for sure, but it is a heartfelt movie that has uh, some really um, – it has messages it wants to portray. Now, now a lot of the messages come out of the Vietnam War and that era. Uh, they come out of, um, you know, people dying from – oh, dying in the war, but then also dying because of diseases they brought back. Uh, specifically, they reference cancer from Agent Orange, and they – they have things to say about just the response of the American public to the vets who went to the war. And yeah, there's just, it's just saying a lot, but then it's also an action movie, you know, and it has some um, over the top. Some might call it over the top. Some might call it ridiculous uh, action sequences from what I remember about the, following movies though um ain't seen nothing yet uh this one actually feels pretty grounded as far as just you know there's the, there's a chase sequence then there's the uh chase into the forest and then there's the um the scene you know later the next day where they're coming into the forest to get him and he set traps for them and yeah and then you have the the army colonel colonel Trotman coming and he's uh you know, delivering all of the, yeah, they, he was created to kill, but we have to be careful, you know, and uh, he's coming to be the voice of reason and no one's listening to the voice of reason, of course, because if they did, then the movie would be too short. Um, 
But the things that this movie says, especially with just the subtle things, um, which I guess grow to be not so subtle, but the beginning of this movie where um, Rambo's walking into town, he just wants to walk through town and get something to eat. And the cop comes, the the sheriff comes, and, and Brian Dennehy, <laughs> what an awesome guy. And he picks up Rambo, drives him through town, drops him off on the other end of town. And um, there's just there is no place for you here. You are not welcome here. And and you can just feel the just the anger and frustration build up. And, he, you know, he just found out the last guy from his uh, platoon or, or whatever that group would have been called of uh, Green Berets. Like the the last of the group has died and it was Vietnam that took him. And uh, it was, you know, so now he's facing this guy who's just completely uh, not welcoming him. There, there is no welcome for him. And, and I'm, I'm watching this movie and it, it's just, you know, my mind is going to, you know, these biblical concepts of, of bringing in the stranger and helping those in need and all these things, which what's interesting. I was just reading an article about how in the culture of the time back then, um, giving to the poor, helping the poor uh, was something that, um, you might do, but you didn't really want to. And and you would hope that, you know, your family member would be taken care of, but you didn't want to help the poor because it was, you know, why would you help the poor? Why would you help the weak? You know, and, and the, the weak just need to be left to their weakness because, you know, like Scrooge says, you know, de- decrease the surplus population. Um, and so the Jewish ideas of taking care of the stranger, the alien, the foreigner, uh, that that was kind of a very different thing compared to the other cultures uh, in the area. And, and then you have Jesus come and he's saying, you know, turn the other cheek. And he's saying, you know, take care of the poor. And he's saying, um, you know, it, it's just a, a completely, he has, you know, that upside down kingdom idea where it's just you do all these things that are not the natural thing to do. You know, like uh, the natural thing is to just hold on to your wealth. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You got to you can't hold on to your wealth because if you're holding on to your wealth, then, you know, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And and so you have this very different take on how you use your wealth, where, you know, you don't hoard your wealth, you use your wealth to help people around you. And, you know, so he's not condemning wealth, but he is condemning that, that impulse to, um, yeah, to just hold and, and to be selfish and to, um, you know, to value the rich and the powerful because they are rich and powerful more than you value anyone else, you know? And so he's, he's talking about going, you know, having the banquet and bringing the people in from the roads and, you know, who bring in the, the poor, the lame, the beggars and all that kind of thing. And so anyway, I'm watching this movie and I'm, I'm just reminded of, of just this all would have been completely avoided if the sheriff would have just taken John Rambo to a little restaurant, sat down with him, had lunch with him, and then giving him a ride, you know, even further than, than just outside of town or whatever. Um, 
of course, going to be a shorter movie because now the movie is, you know, Rambo comes back into town and then he gets arrested and then he gets um, he gets abused by the police. And then he has um, some flashbacks to Vietnam and then he he wants to escape. And who wouldn't want to escape? I mean, he he has these guys hitting him, you know, hosing him down. Um, they're going to shave him without any um, without any cream. You know, it's going to be a dry shave. And as they're coming at him with the razor, he's thinking back to someone in Vietnam coming at him with a knife. And it's just one of those things where all of this could have been avoided if they had just not done that. And they had just invited him in and, yeah, maybe not invited him in to stay. Because, you know, he's not planning to stay there. He just wants to come through town and he, he doesn't know where he's going. I, I get the impression that he doesn't know where he's going because he's just wandering, uh, trying to look up all the people from his, his platoon or whatever they would call that, that group, like I said. Um, yeah, so there's that. And then all of this could have been avoided without the pride of especially Brian Dennehy. Uh, as, as he's like, we're going to take care of this. We're going to take him down. We're going to do this. We are going to do this. And they can't because as Colonel Troutman comes and informs them, you know, Rambo is a killing machine. He is going to do what he was trained to do and what his orders were to do, which was to kill and survive, you know? And, and so he's out there, he's getting all the traps ready. And so all the action sequences just are tinged with, there's just something more than just being an action sequence because it's, it's tinged by this kind of emotional response that they are coming after him for no reason and that he is protecting himself from them. But Troutman points it out later on in the movie, you know, you engage them and, and you're, you're also a part of this. You are not without sin here. Uh, And then you get to the very end of this movie and this is spoilers. I mean, this is a, you know, 30 some year old movies from, I think 82. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, you know, now's your time to do it, I guess. But, uh, what I really love about this is that you have the climax where he's going in and he's shooting and then there's explosions and everything like that, you know, and he, he takes down Brian Dennehy, but then Colonel Troutman comes in and is like this, you're going to die right now. You are surrounded. And, and you look outside and there's just cop car after cop car after cop car after cop car and 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 stallone just as rambo has this emotional breakdown and you know he is just going off about how he doesn't have a place where he belongs and he he doesn't have identity and it's just it's it's super emotional and he's crying and this is your action hero you know, this is your action hero who is just finally letting it all out. And the things that these men have pushed him into is like pushing him back into remembering the things that he was made to do in the war. You know, and he even says, you know, I didn't go to fight the war because it was my war. You asked me and then he did these things and then these things changed him and now he's here and they made him do these things again because they pushed him he kept asking why are you pushing me why did they push me and and then he 
embraces Troutman. And it's just this emotionally raw moment where I'm watching this and what a dangerous thing to do for an actor. You know, this this could look really uh, cheesy, you know, or overly sentimental. Um, but here you have your action hero who just went through all these things, you know, where just he's taking the pain, he's stitching himself up, you know, he's using that knife. And here he is crying and breaking down because he finally has someone to listen to him. And he finally can yell at the man who is kind of the representative of the United States government that pushed him to do the things. And not isn't just the representative. I mean, he's, he was the guy who was there in Vietnam giving the orders. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm watching this movie and, and it's not, not a perfect movie. <laughs> Not, not a perfect movie, uh, but really close. You know, I mean, it just it sets a tone. The cinematography is great. Uh, the acting is great. You know, Stallone gets has this reputation of being kind of a an idiot because of Rocky. Um, but Stallone, you know, wrote and directed um, a lot of movies, and and he was one of the screenwriters on this movie. And I wonder if part of that, I know he he. Uh, pushed for um, this ending for the movie. And I'm wondering, you know, what did he rewrite? Well, I wonder if he wrote this, this, uh, this monologue at the end that he gives. And uh, I, I mean, I don't know uh, what parts he had in that, but yeah, it just, it's a, it's a well done movie. And if you're in the right mood, I think it's a powerful movie. Uh, if you're in the wrong mood, I think you might, yeah, just be, be, turned off by it but um the the action you know it, the chase scene it, it goes on a little long and you know you have all the scenes that in the wilderness and stuff where it is another vietnam you know the, you have these guys coming after him uh whereas in vietnam it was the americans uh entering into a place that they did not know and and fighting an enemy that knew the place better and in in this movie then the police as they're coming into the forest they're entering into a place they're entering into his domain and and they're not gonna they're not, it doesn't end well for them uh, at all but anyway as i was saying it, it, this is an emotional movie it is a tense movie it is a frustrating movie because you're just watching um you know the the bullies uh push down on a guy until he breaks and and fights back you know and um you know how many movies have we seen like that lots and lots and lots uh but this is this one works well and and i'm i you know it's been years and years and years since i've seen this movie and i'm glad for that because you know some of this was stuff i had forgotten and there was some things that i remembered you know like david caruso's character um i really remember him uh just because he's that young guy who I don't know if this is a good idea. And of course he gets brought into this whole situation uh, almost in some ways, um, like some of the guys that Rambo would have fought with uh, when he was uh, in Vietnam, where he, they're brought into the situation, young, naive, they have second thoughts about, are we doing this thing in the right way? But they go along with it because that's what they have to do. And then they suffer the price and, and he does too. And yeah. So anyway, there's some richness here. And if I had more time to maybe study and, and time to write, I could see, you know, uh, 
a really good, and I'm sure they're out there. You know, I just haven't, I haven't looked for them, but a really good film analysis that could make some really great points about pop culture and about culture and about um, the Vietnam War. And like I said, there, there probably is something out there. Um, I mean, honestly, the, the book that it's based on is, is, from what I understand, a treatise on, on just, yeah, what happened after the war, after the Vietnam conflict was done. So anyway, um, Rambo 2 or First Blood Part 2 or Rambo, First Blood 2 or whatever the title is, uh, is a movie I'm not as familiar with and I'm looking forward to to watching it. And so at some point here in the future, I'm going to watch that movie. And I'm honestly, I'm not even sure if I've seen that one the whole way through. I know I've seen this one a couple times because I liked this movie, um, but I'm not sure I ever got around to, to watching this the whole way through. And I know Rambo 3. I've only seen scenes from when it was on TV uh, in syndication or something uh, in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. Um, if that, it might even just be scenes from watching uh, news shows about how violent Rambo three was or uh sickling Ebert or, or something like that. So anyway, you know, watch that sometime in the near future and then I'll come back and, and talk about it some more. But yeah, I know I'm going to be watching this movie again, maybe in five years, but I'm going to watch it again. It's good. It's worth watching. And you got to give Stallone credit. I, I really think that he is a talented man in many different areas. And, you know, people who are counting the dollars recognize that. Um, unfortunately, he gets put in some movies where it doesn't cast him in the best light. But those are his bad choices to make. <laughs> but he's he, he's he's not an idiot. And... I was really surprised how affecting his his performance was um, just throughout the movie. Don't do this. I don't want to do this. And you push me into doing this. And they drew first blood, not me. And then that performance at the end, man. All right. Going to stop recording. And at some point here, like I said, Rambo 2, first blood 2, whatever. Okay, so I've now seen Rambo First Blood Part 2, and a couple of surprises came with this movie. First of all, I thought I had seen this movie, but I have not seen this movie, which, okay, cool. Uh, second of all, as the movie started, I'm thinking, I don't remember seeing this movie, but I remember seeing parts of this movie. And turns out that I have seen parts of this movie in Missing in Action starring Chuck Norris, which then I looked into it and found out that Missing in Action came out a couple months before First Blood Part 2. But they did that because they didn't want to get in trouble for a copyright lawsuit that would come out from them kind of copying the idea from a treatment that James Cameron had. That kind of became First Blood Part 2. James Cameron, that is the other surprise, is that he was one of the writers on this movie, which I don't know if I knew that or not. But uh, he and Stallone are both uh, listed as the, the writers of of First Blood Part 2 here. And uh, yeah, so, you know, the first Rambo I really, really liked uh, because it just just the way it's about, you know, this, this soldier who's come home and and he comes home to a home that's not a home anymore. 
and it's a home that's not welcome to him. And, you know, like I said before, it brought to mind Old Testament ideas of, uh, you know, taking care of the stranger and the alien and New Testament ideas of loving your neighbor and, you know, the um, loving the, well, the good Samaritan, the Samaritan man who helped, you know, the, the, Jewish man and, and just how there's that kind of they're all they're sharing the land, but they aren't sharing the love, so to speak. Uh, and so that whole movie is all about, you know, the war is done. And now what is there for me here at home? This one is all about how the war is done. And he's going to return to the place where the conflict was to help the people who were stuck there, the, the prisoners of war. And so he goes and he's told, you know, Take only pictures. Don't don't engage the enemy. But he ends up, of course, engaging the enemy. And there's Russians who show up, and there's um, the Vietnam uh, soldiers there, and then you have uh, the American uh, leader, uh, the American bureaucrat, who's behind this mission. And this movie really almost becomes about, uh, first of all, uh, killing Russians. I mean, that's that's. <laughs> clearly a part of the the cold war uh part of our history uh but it, it becomes about rage i mean this whole movie is just about um first of all i don't i don't fit here and i was told to fight this war that they wouldn't let me win and now will will you let me win if i go in right now will you let me win and Troutman says it's up to you what happens there and so then he goes in and there is rage about the mission because he was sent in under false pretenses. Um, and that leads up to one of the greatest moments in the movie to me is the moment where he's told to go on the radio and kind of tell what's going on uh, by the bad guys to the Americans. And uh, he turns it into a threat against uh, the bureaucrat guy. And he says, you know, they say, we're, we're going to send someone. We're going to we're going to come to get you. And he says, no. I'm coming to get you. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it's a great moment. It's a great twist turn moment. I was not expecting it, and it's very dramatic. And so anyway, um, this is a, a revenge fantasy in a lot of ways where he's able to go in. He's able to kill the enemy and and be successful and be um, be the victor against the enemy. But then he's also able to rescue the the prisoners of war, rescue his comrades in arms who have were, were left behind, and so he's he's killing left and right the the people in Vietnam. There they kill this woman that he fell in love with in the course of a you know couple hours, <laughs> but. It was very quick that all of a sudden they were in love and kissing. And then it's very quick that she dies. And I was really surprised, uh, startled at the timing, uh, less so than, I mean, it's, it's almost set up as a jump scare. But uh, I was very surprised how quickly uh, all of a sudden, hey, we're in love. And all of a sudden, hey, we're going to go to the United States together. And then all of a sudden, hey, she stands up and she's just dead. And now he's got this rage against everyone and and that's what's driving his his fight. And then in the end, when he gets back, he has this rage against the, the bureaucrat guy and destroys all the computers and then goes in with his knife and threatens you know, he's going to kill him. But he doesn't. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's really interesting how how this works as a it's not a revenge fantasy, it's a rage fantasy. I mean, if you're going to take any kind of positive lesson out of this, the positive lesson isn't necessarily looking at John Rambo as your positive role model here, but it's to look at all of these negative role models who are not John Rambo, who are just not good people. And what Rambo becomes is their fault. And, you know, they created this monster. Speaking of monsters, this movie feels like Predator. And it's, uh, but Rambo is Predator. You know, it's it's really interesting, both in the last one and in this one, you have the film not being shot. You know, they're not shooting the film to be like Predator. I don't think Predator was out at this time. Uh, I think this was around, this is still like 83 or something like that. But as there, there's a whole sequence in this one where the soldiers are running around and he is just getting them left and right, jumping out of um, the rocks. And there's there's a part where a guy walks in front of this pile of dirt and all of a sudden the dirt opens its eyes because he's in the dirt. He's in the mud and he's going around with his bow and arrow and he's shooting people. And it's he's it's filmed with him as the monster. It's it's a slasher movie. And he is the creature that is that is going around killing them. And again, fueled by rage. And it's just Rambo is an interesting quote unquote hero in these movies. Uh, he is a monster. He is a monster that's going around and killing bad things, killing things that would kill other people uh, and that are doing evil and, and doing bad. Uh, but he is, he's not a protagonist where you look at him and like, that is a hero. We need to make action figures and a cartoon about that guy which which they did make action figures in a cartoon about that guy. Uh, but he, he's not the, a, a hero hero where you're saying, oh, yeah, he's he is he's fighting for good. And he um, you know, he's only doing what he has to do to stop the bad guys. Um, he's going beyond that. You know, he is he's taking them them down without any prejudice. You know, he is killing them at whatever whatever it takes to, to do it. Uh, but he's being kind of uh, – he's a broken man at this point. And I find – you know, Sylvester Stallone takes a lot of guff for being not smart. And that's because he plays, you know, Rocky who is not smart. But he wrote that movie. I mean you have to remember that he he wrote Rocky. And then you have him doing this where he's writing these movies as well. And uh, he is a man of few words in these movies. Um and but he's a broken man in these movies and it's a it's a really i, I want to say complex character but in a lot of ways it's not a complex character it's a man who when he was younger and more naive was um you know joined a cause and was very good at what he did and was made to do things that he wishes he never had done and then it turns out that that had no purpose as far as you know in in his perception there was no good purpose in, in what happened because they weren't allowed to win. And and so then he comes home and he comes home to no one. I mean, no one accepts him into the, you know, into the country. And then uh, he gets sent on this mission. That's an, another empty mission. And so it's a, it's a 
complex character. I like the character. The movies aren't perfect, but they're good. I mean, they're well made. And this one, yeah, there's a lot of violence in it and a lot of violence for violence's sake in some ways. Uh, and in other ways, it almost feels like, you know, it's just one of those revenge things where the things happen just so it pushes him to have a reason to do what he's going to do. Like the, we're going to blow up lots of stuff. What's a realistic way to make it happen? Push this character to the edge, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, uh, so far I thought I'd seen more, uh, and I hadn't. And so this was a, a nice surprise. And so I'm going to watch Rambo three at some point in the, near or distant future i i don't know um but i'm gonna play the the sounder right now and 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 watch rambo 3 and i'm really curious about this one because this is the one that i know was like setting records for uh you know body counts and this one i i know takes place in, Af in afghanistan and actually takes place with um people who would end up becoming um the the precursors for the groups that became the terrorists for 9-11. And so that's a very interesting dichotomy right there. And um, so I'm, I'm really curious because I, I'm curious if they're going to be able to maintain the seriousness uh, that while he's running around and doing all these things that we, that are going to make, you know, eighth grader yell, yeah, killing, you know, and uh, but then he's doing it in such a way that they're hopefully the adults are watching it and kind of getting a motivation out of it. Um, there's a seriousness to the Rambo movies. and everything I know about Rambo three is that it's a farce. And although I thought that uh, UHF with weird Al Yankovic was riffing on Rambo three, but there were some moments in this one that seemed to be what I remember uh, UHF that movie referencing. So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but yeah, I, uh, I'm really curious, like, does Rambo three maintain the seriousness of the character or does it step into farce and, you know, just become excuses for blowing up things and not good ones. <laughs> so, um, I'm excited. I'm well, excited. Isn't the, the perfect word for it, but I'm very curious. I want to see it and I want to experience this movie. And I'm curious about that Rambo the fourth one just called Rambo. And I'm, I'm curious about that. Cause I know that was uh, extra violent as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that, but are they able to maintain the seriousness as well? Again, with that, I have a feeling that they do in the fourth one, or at least they really try hard because the fourth one is much more recent and is coming out of a time when uh, the cartoonish um, direct video vibe of these kind of action movies uh, has, Oh, I shouldn't say it hasn't been around for a while because the Expendables definitely goes in that direction. Speaking of Expendables, um, he, he says in this movie, I'm Expendable and found that found that interesting and kind of funny that that he references that word. And then that becomes the word uh, of a big part of his return to form, along with a lot of other people who are, are known for action movies and uh, with the Expendables. So anyway, that is my thoughts on first Rambo, first blood part two. And we'll see what happens with Rambo three after this.
Okay, so Rambo 3, uh, it was everything that it was uh, cracked up to be. It was super violent, kind of cheesy, uh, but they also had the attempt at political commentary and and then now it's it's actually kind of uh, it, it <laughs> I don't want to use the word but it's problematic I mean uh, this is this is a movie where he, Rambo goes and helps deliver weapons to the Maha Mahahadeen uh, people who those people that benefited from our weapons uh, to fight against the Soviets uh, then turned against uh, the United States later on because of things that the United States did. And um, it's, it, I, I don't understand all of the political goings on that, that happened between 1988, no, 87, 88 around in there. Uh, and, and today, uh, you know, and how that all ties in with um, Osama bin Laden and that sort of thing. But it does, you know, like what was really going on in Afghanistan back then was a direct uh, line toward what happened with uh, with Osama bin Laden and, and 9-11 here in, you know, 2001. And so, um, but we were doing it because we were against the Soviets and uh, it was interesting. Troutman actually calls it out and says, you know, you have your own Vietnam here because the Soviets were, were uh, in, intruding in on Afghanistan. And, you know, I, again, I, uh, politically, I don't know all the details. I did look into it a little bit because I wanted to kind of understand what was going on there. Uh, but basically the movie itself, I mean, that's, that's with modern uh, for uh, modern modern uh, hindsight, you know, looking back as twenty twenty kind of vision, but what was happening back then? Of course, this is just three years after Rocky beat uh, Drago and uh, knocked him knocked him out and stood in front of all the Russian audience who had started chanting his name and said, you know, if you can change, then I can change. But everybody can change. And then. In this movie, three years later, he's blowing up Soviets because, hey, they were the bad guys, right? And so we're going to make a movie about that. Uh, what I did find interesting was that the um, the Russians had pulled out of Afghanistan just before this movie <laughs> was released. So that was – it's interesting. But um, – yeah, I mean, this is one of those movies where life is not precious and uh, people are going to die and they're going to die gruesomely. And it is all about adrenaline. It is all about um, – I mean, you, you could say it's all about flag waving and it's all about, uh, you know, go, go USA. But it's also all about go, go Stallone. I mean, he's able to show off his physique and, and do that trick where he cauterizes uh, a wound that all the way went all the way through his his torso uh, by putting gunpowder in there and and blowing the gunpowder through the wound and cauterizing it all the way through and um, it's all about toughness and and strength and and defeating the enemy and I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again um, 
But back to Weird Al and UHF, uh, I need to rewatch that movie and see. But I believe that UHF was referencing this one, not Rambo 2. But again, I haven't. I, I can't remember when the last time I even saw UHF and I don't know what year it came out in. But this movie, I mean, it goes big and... You know, there there is some incredible action movie moments in this movie. Uh, just some really incredible stuff with the tanks and the copters and all those things. But, yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. Uh, but I, you know, that's I'm glad I watched it this time. I'm, I'm glad I watched it this time because uh, it's out of the way. But this is... It's interesting if you're going to follow the character's progression. You know, it starts out, he just wants to be left alone and find a home in the first movie. In the second movie, he's found a place (laughs) to call home. It's prison, but he's found a place. But he gets called back into the conflict that he thought he had left behind, that he couldn't leave behind. But now he's going to go back there and kind of exercise his, his demons by going back. Maybe uh, being able to put some closure on that conflict. And then in this one, he's brought into a new conflict and he's brought into the new political structure. And and, um, and I'm curious what, what's happening with the next one. Uh, all I know is it takes place in Burma and that it's more violent than this one. So we'll see. I've been, I've been very curious to see Rambo uh, 4 ever since, ever since it came out. I haven't had a chance to see it. I really want to. So... Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this one other than I understand that politically, the the political situation back then created some messes for us uh, in the future. You know, maybe the messes would have been there anyway, but the political situation and what we were doing back then did not help what has become the messes now. So uh, that's that's interesting. It's not, I mean, it's subtext for the movie. It's not... It's not text for the movie. Uh, I'm wondering if it will reference that at all, even in, in future movies. But in Rambo 3, it's just not as good as as the first two. And of, of all three of these, the one I'm most likely to go back to is, is just that first Rambo movie. I just really like that. And I, I like it a lot for that end moment where um, this man who is a killing machine – lets himself have that moment of vulnerability with a man who is kind of a father figure, but at the same time is a father figure who uh, guided Rambo into becoming what he is now and, and or is now in that movie. Um, it's almost like he's, uh, you know, crying and falling into the arms of an abusive father in some ways. But uh, anyway, this movie doesn't quite have the same level of of meaning, even though I think it was striving for that. It just doesn't it doesn't work because of, you know, the, 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 the subtext doesn't work because the text itself is just so intent on just violence and it just yeah it, it doesn't work. So I will be watching the next Rambo movie sometime in the near future. As far as I'm concerned, it's probably going to be a week, maybe two, maybe three before I get to it. As far as you're concerned, it's going to be a two-second sounder that's going to start right now. 
So it's been a little while since I've recorded about uh, Rambo's 1, 2, and 3, or First Blood, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, Rambo 3, and then Rambo, uh, which is the one I just watched. Like I said, it's been a while, so I'm not exactly sure how much uh, I've... I talked about uh, my past experience with this movie. I don't think I talked much about it at all. So I'm sitting here on the front porch, uh, so that would account for maybe some of the echo. Also might account for uh, some of the crickets, I guess. But uh, yeah, just uh, grabbed a moment to talk about Rambo because I did just watch it. And I've never seen Rambo before. Um I did know some of the story going in, and I knew some of the behind-the-scenes stuff going in. Uh, I remember when this came out, this was a big deal uh, that Stallone was was directing uh, because he had to, and he helped write the story because he always does. And uh, you know, he was much older, um, and this was him kind of coming back to the character twenty years later and it was just one of those um many things where we had people coming back to the character you know like indiana jones and the crystal skull and uh and then later on with you know the force awakens and and even you know going back to star trek and talking about the movies the star trek movies where they're dealing with aging and loss and that sort of thing so i had heard that it was about burma and i knew that it was about real world issues um just like the other three that's what's interesting to me about this whole series is that each one of these movies tries to take on a real world issue and and maybe explore it a little bit and especially in the first one and then in the the, the third one uh the third one with you know just taking the time to just hey let's explain the history of these uh people from uh, afghanistan and you have something similar here uh, where he's going to Burma and he's using this movie to make a, a statement to say, you know, this is something in the world that's going on that you should be aware of. And uh, so I remember this. I remember it being um, touted as uh, well, touted by some and decried by others as being ultra violent. And uh, that was probably my biggest surprise is just the kind of violence that, that showed up here. Uh, I saw a quote somewhere where Stallone was talking about how they didn't have much budget. And so they decided that they were going to um, you know, ratchet up the just the violence. And, and it's, there's a lot of blood in this movie. And it's interesting with the color scheme that you get in this movie where you have a very muted – a lot of muted blues. You know, There's a lot of rain and there's a lot of blue and there's a lot of uh, – green as far as the hills during the day uh, but then and and so when someone gets shot it's it's that much more more visible where it's just these bright bursts of of red and this is uh, above all else a, a shocking movie i mean this this movie uses violence to shock you and in some ways i think maybe even desensitize you a little bit to um, just the the violence on the screen, but it does want you to to see you know these these warlords these these people who are um, they are massacring the re- the rebels and they are doing these terrible awful things to these other human beings and you have in this movie you have people being uh, shot and killed for sport and you have. Um, murder of children even and 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 rape and uh 
I have not seen the director's cut, so I don't know if it goes any further with the violence or anything like that. But this is a this is a very very violent movie, and I was really surprised by it. Uh, on the other hand, I was also surprised how moved I was by it. Um, now, what helped with that was you had all these innocent people who were dying in front of your eyes and uh, in horrible horrible ways. And uh, there is definitely, like I said, that shock value that was going into that. But it, it almost seemed like it was a shock value that was that was borderline gratuitous. Uh, it just, it, man. I mean, you're seeing bodies getting torn apart, and you're seeing um, brain matter and gore uh, being splattered being splattered on the screen at you. Uh, it just, it, it, he's trying to make a point. These people are really, really bad. And I, then when you get into the end with the, uh, the climax, you almost wonder if the point of making them be seen as bad as they are, uh, if he was trying to make that point just so that they could do the climax at the end and, and, have the good guys do this to the bad guys and be very, very, you know, have, have the, that gratuitous violence against the, the bad guys. Uh, and, and you don't feel as bad about it, you know, and it's, it doesn't feel as gratuitous because what you're seeing is this is happening to people who deserve it because it happened to them. And the, the movie takes, you know, the, I think of all of the, the Rambo movies, this is the one that is probably the most, um, if not in line with Christian worldview, uh, this is the one that causes the most thought and discussion about a Christian worldview because it literally is bringing up Christian worldviews uh, with the characters. And so I did find that uh, to my interest. I remember having conversations in my grandparents' kitchen with my dad and my, uh, well, another family member and and I remember talking about this movie and how it was coming and how uh, Stallone was talking about his own faith as he was talking about this movie. And this is a very faithy movie. I mean, it's it's one that uh, it, it's on the nose and and what it's trying to say you may not agree with because this is definitely not a movie about turning the other cheek. Uh, I don't think any Rambo movie is going to be about turning the other cheek unless it just waits till the very last possible moment of the movie to say okay turn the other cheek and then rambo turns the other cheek you know but you have to you have a whole movie of fighting that you have to have it's a rambo movie you know and so with this i don't think that the intention is to say hey you should turn the other cheek i think that this is definitely a movie that says there is a time for war you know there is a time to take up arms there's a time to really there's a time to commit violence uh, you have a character who starts out the movie and they're going to deliver medical supplies to the rebels and refugees. And they're going to do this with or without John Rambo, but they convince him to go with them. And as they're going down the river, pirates come. And the pirates, it's a very tense scene. It's a one of the best scenes of the movie, which, by the way, this movie is super well made. I uh, Sylvester Stallone really did a, a very good job with this movie, just in, in shot composition and and um, some of the editing. Uh, just 
so much good to be said about the making of this movie. And this scene is a very, very tense scene where they're having a showdown. You've got Rambo, who is the only one who can do any kind of any kind of uh, fight against these these pirates. You have the pirates who have guns drawn, and they're going to take this woman, Sarah. And what they're going to do with this woman is not good. I mean, they're they're going to take her, and they're going to rape her, and eventually kill her. And so they are demanding that the, the, the people on the boat give them the woman. And, of course, they're saying, no, we're not going to do that. And then finally Rambo shoots them down, kills them all, and the woman's boyfriend says, no, we don't do that. We, we never do that. We never take up arms, and we will never you know, harm another person. And, and Rambo's like, but didn't you just see what was going to happen? And, and so you have that start with that other character. I can't remember Sarah's boyfriend's name, but um, by the end of the movie – he's smashing someone's face in with a rock because he's forced into it, pushed into it. And so for that character arc, this movie is just all about pushing him to violence. And it's the same character arc for John Rambo. He's being pushed into fighting and, and doing what he's good at, you know? And so I just, it's, it's a well-made movie. It it has well-developed character based themes that you may or may not agree with, but they do, they're, they're well-developed. And it just is so bloody. It's so bloody. I mean, that, that final conflict at the end where Rambo gets on that gun that's on the back of a vehicle and he's just turning from side to side, mowing people down. Uh, you know, he spent the whole movie doing a lot of skilled things, but this is not about skill. This is just about pulling the trigger and pointing in the right direction and being safe from everyone else's bullets. And it just... It, the movie, I think, is meant to make you think about what you're seeing, you know, and to make you think about, you know, is it okay? When is it okay to commit violence or to commit to the harm of someone else? Uh, is it when someone else is being harmed and you you need to use it to stop them? And I think a lot of people would say yes. Then some people would be like, no, you should never uh, harm and I actually toyed with this a little bit um, before seeing this movie. I actually toyed with this a little bit in a, uh, a Supersonic Pod Comics episode of um, The Mark, where this is a guy who gives powers. And so I don't know when this episode is going to come out before or after that episode of The Mark. But uh, the main character, he has a touch where he touches someone, leaves a handprint on them, and they get superpowers. And he had been working with a partner who. Uh, also happens to be a martial arts instructor, and so she has that advantage as well. But then he finds himself in a situation where there's bad guys there, and the only person who's next to him who could possibly help fight the bad guys is a guy who's like, nope, I'm a pacifist. I will not harm another person. And so then that becomes one of the obstacles to taking down the bad guys is figuring out, okay, so I can't give the powers to myself, but this guy's not going to take the powers. you know. And, and what, what can push you – to go beyond, you know, and, and, and change your belief or to, um, choose to go against your belief. And, and in this story, it's about motivating Rambo to action to do what he's good at. And it's about pushing this other guy into action. And then you have the woman who, uh, she, 
she's there, it seems like, to cower at the end. Uh, and there's some racial things going on here that I don't know if it's intentional or, or what, but it's interesting because, you know, he ha- he goes in there and he saves the Americans, but there's all of these people from the village who uh, they also could be saved. I guess they are at the end because the that portion of the army is, is destroyed. And so I guess the, the villagers are... Uh, also saved at the end. It's just the white people who need to leave the place. But uh, there, there's that. There's also the you know this whole missionary thing that's just been brought to my uh, thoughts anyway. With uh, this one missionary who went to an island uh, f- with some people who have not been in contact with any kind of civilization in in decades, and and they've just kind of stayed with their own tribe and with their own um, things that they do, and they they don't have any. Um, uh, there's no infection of our uh, modern culture, uh, but there's uh, you know this this young man who wanted to tell them about Jesus, and he was killed because of that. And you have that a uh, lot of backlash against this guy for uh, for going and doing this, and you know considering himself the great white savior, the great white hope, you know that kind of thing. And that's kind of going on here, but. At the same time, you also got to think of it as, you know, this is something that many Americans aren't aware of what's going on over in these other places. And here's a group of people who found out something was going on. And they want to, they want to help. They want to do something to help these people and help these people who are getting killed and help these people who are being maimed and, and help these people who are, you know, stepping on landmines and that sort of thing. And so... This is probably the – no, not probably. This is definitely, I think, the most faithy of the movies in the sense of what it makes you think about. And, and it's intentional that you're supposed to be thinking about these things. You know, so I, with Rambo, the first one – First Blood, I should say. This is Rambo. <laughs> with First Blood, uh, you know, got me thinking about the, the parable of uh, the Good Samaritan and, and how people who should have been helping him, the, the wounded man, weren't. And it was somebody who, who – you know, was despised who, who ended up helping the wounded man. And, and in that situation, um, Rambo definitely was the, the wounded man. And these other people, you know, the people of this town who were not treating him well and should have been bringing him in and should have been, um, if not bringing him in to stay, you know, bringing him in to get a good solid meal and being nice to him. Uh, instead they weren't, you know? And so, that one, th- I think there's a lot of food for thought in that one. Uh, Rambo 3, there's a lot of food for thought because it gets you thinking about just that 80s situation in that area. That is what the, you know, Al-Qaeda came out of. You know, you have these terrorist cells uh, around, you know, 9-11 that were, they, they came out of where we were helping them to fight the Russians and they were using our own weapons and our own training then to create these um, terrorist cells that were able to then eventually grow into what uh, became Al Qaeda and and the people who took down the the towers and and uh, the and the Pentagon and and then the flight that went down in that field and so uh, that's that's probably the most now looking back at that movie that's what you're gonna be thinking about the most instead of the Guinness Book. Guinness Book of World Record uh, for most on-screen deaths or whatever it is that it, that it held at the time. Uh, 
Rambo 2, yeah, you know, with that one, not a lot of thought for me. Uh, that is about, you know, helping your friends and finding your friends and all that kind of thing. But uh, that one was a, not not as good. Um, this one, there's food for thought. I don't know if I ever want to revisit this again, though. I mean, this is just violent and bloody. I'm really curious then what, uh, what I think is Rambo Last Blood or whatever. Um, it's coming soon, so it's it's going to be a part of this episode. This episode uh, is covering all all five of the Rambo movies, but I'm really curious what I'm going to end up thinking about and exploring with that one. I don't know anything about it other than it, I believe, takes place in the States, and or at least like near, I don't know if it's near the southern border or, or what, but I know that this movie originally was intended to be about Rambo settling on the southern border and uh, – having a daughter or having a, da- a friend's daughter or something get kidnapped by a Mexican cartel, a Mexican drug cartel. And so I'm not sure if that's what this one ended up being or if they did something different. Uh, I also know that this movie, Rambo, uh, which almost was named Rambo to Helen Back and also was going to be named John Rambo in the same way that the final Rocky movie was named Rocky Balboa, um, was they had looked at doing a a sort of uh, genetically enhanced alien monster that Rambo would end up fighting, and uh, glad they didn't do that. So, yeah. So this movie, I I'd have to say I recommend it maybe once if you can stomach it, uh, because it is something. It's a it's a movie about violence, and it's one of those things where. Uh, I've said this often about movies that sometimes they try and make a statement about something and then they end up being that something. Uh, So you might have a a movie that's making a statement about pornography but ends up showing things that are pornography. And so it's got this titillation factor going on even as they're trying to say this is a bad thing, stay away from it. Um, And you almost wonder if it's an excuse. you know. And, And the same kind of thing with violence. Well, this is definitely a movie that is about violence it is making statements about violence the question is what's the statement that's trying to make and in my in my mind the statement is violence is bad war is bad and uh but also you know you got to do what you got to do to stop people who are bad and i don't know that there's something to be argued there uh that whole war is bad thing that yeah, is really kind of, to me you have Chekhov's bomb where they walk by something that was, yeah, this was a bomb that was dropped by the British in World War II. So you're talking 70 years before, you know, and it just, it's there. I'm wondering, okay, so what's it going to get used for? Well, it does get used at the end of the movie, but it being there is just a reminder of how there's so much history in these places where, you know, if, if the tide had turned one way or another, would the the warlords be considered the good guys and the rebels be considered the bad guys? And, you know, it's the same thing here in the States where if, if uh, you know, with the Revolutionary War, uh, we were definitely the bad guys in that, depending on who you're asking, but not for the freedom fighters. And because the freedom fighters won, then they, you know... They were able to build a nation and they were able to build a country and they were able to, you know, build a narrative. And that, that narrative is the United States history narrative. So, you know, anyway, this movie does give food for thought and I'm glad that it did. 
Uh, but in making the statements that it was making about violence, it used violence. And I don't think it was just to make you sick to your stomach. I think it was made to entertain. I, I think that it was a buildup. It was made to say, okay, we got these horrible people. Look at them do horrible things. They're going to make you so angry. And then you get that release at the end of the movie, which Rambo actually gets as well. He gets that release at the end of the movie where he's just killing people, mowing people down, using his, his knife that he was building. At the, he was hammering this knife at the beginning of the movie. And, and so there's a catharsis there. And there's a release there, and you're you're relieved, and you're glad, and you are rooting for uh, the mercenaries and for Rambo, and you want them to win. You want them to kill these bad guys, and you want the bad guys to get their own. But then at the same time, you know, there's 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 the need and the necessity, maybe maybe, for violence, but it's still not something to celebrate, you know. Uh, in that way, it, it's interesting. It, it's it's a it 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 gets me to say the word interesting again. And boy, as I've been editing my podcast lately, I've been noticing I say that word a lot. I need to find a new word. It's fantabulous the way it makes you think. Um, I won't go with that. So I'm going to play the sounder, and in a little bit, a little while, I'm going to go and see the next Rambo movie, Last Blood. You know, he didn't want to call this one John Rambo because when he called Rocky Balboa, when he gave it that title, it was meant to be the final Rocky movie. And it was kind of. <laughs> but then you have the Creed movies. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but with this, he didn't want people to think it was the last Rambo movie because he wanted to make more or at least have the, the door open to make more. And this one ends with him walking down the road a bag slung over his shoulder and it would have been a good, a good ending, a nice, you know, he was walking at the beginning of Rambo heading home, trying to find friends. And so this is the end of his journey. He finally found home. And that's the thing that I find the most interesting. I said it again, but I find the most interesting about this, this next movie, knowing what I know about it, where it takes place is all these other ones, you know, in first blood, he's looking for home. He comes to this place that's not his home and they push him out and push him away and push him hard and and he pushes back. And then you have him going back to the war that created who he was and, and, and looking for friends in the second one. And then you have him being brought back. He found a place where he belongs and they pull him out and have him go to Afghanistan. And then in this one, he kind of has a place where he belongs. And you know, knowing the religious... Uh, things that were coming into this movie, I did right away pick up on this idea. He's out there looking for snakes for um, like snake fighters or whatever, <laughs> and like for pit fighting or something. Um, but he, you know, he's a snake handler. And, and so anyway, uh, he's, he's finding snakes and, and, and that ends up being what he does. You know, he, he's, he's finding these deadly things and that's what Rambo does. He finds deadly things and destroys them. So, but he had, again, found a place where he kind of was able to find a little bit of belonging. And then they turn right around and, and pull him into this conflict. And then he finishes this movie. Not very thematically true <laughs> because they really weren't talking about home much in this movie. But this movie finishes in a nice way that could have been just full cycle where he is finally walking home. He's going to the place where his father lives, our Rambo, and he's back. So 
What's going to happen in this next movie? Who knows? I'm very curious about it. But I will uh, play the sounder now. And when I come back, it'll be... I don't know how much time will have passed. But it'll definitely be in September. But you don't know... It doesn't matter. For you, it's only been an hour and seven minutes or whatever, depending on how I edit this. But um, for me, this has been months. Months have gone into this episode. So... I uh, I will be back, and hopefully I will have seen a good movie. So I've uh, taken some time to think about uh, Rambo Last Blood. The other movies, generally speaking, I watched and then jumped on the microphone. But um, since I didn't do it as a road trip and I went and saw it and then had to drive home and I took some time thinking about it then. Didn't jump on the microphone right away, uh, partially because I got home late, needed to get to work next day, that sort of thing. Partially because I wanted to give it some thought. This was an interesting movie, but I don't know. It it, it has me thinking back and forth about whether or not I'd even liked it. And uh, so, yeah, I am going to spoil Rambo Last Blood in this uh, this final round on the Rambo franchise and – yeah, I just uh it's an interesting movie. It's it's uh it's really more like a death wish movie. Uh one of those um revenge fantasy kind of things that you would get like in the 70s. Uh it's violent, it's well made. It's it's um you know well shot. Um mostly well scripted. Um I know I've seen a lot of people talking about this movie uh, and calling it racist for the way that it treats Mexicans. And that's honestly, you know, one of the complaints I would have is that this movie either doesn't go far enough in kind of exploring the problem that it's trying to address or it goes too far in trying to uh, create a problem that it needs to address. And just, uh, you know, in the last movie you saw – uh, there's the implication of terrible things that were happening to um, to the the people that Rambo was supposed to uh, rescue. Uh, in this one, you see it. I mean, they are very, very obvious about what's happening to the person that Rambo is is trying to rescue, and, and it's brutal and it's rough, and it's absolutely setting up a situation where you want to feel catharsis. I mean, that's, that's the big thing for all of these movies is, you know, they set up the situation and, and then they push and push and push until, you know, finally they give catharsis and, and they give you that release. And in the first movie, you know, they're pushing and pushing and pushing Rambo and, and then finally he snaps, you know, and in the, in the second one, um, they create the situation where he's going to go in and save people, but then um, it turns into the big, huge battle. And the same with the third one. Uh, and then actually, I mean, that's the case with all of them. Um, and this one, it's it's different uh, the way uh, the the person that he's supposed to rescue. And I, I, I guess I'm kind of dancing around it even as I'm doing this almost as if I'm trying not to spoil things. But he, uh, you know, they build a, really a bad, bad situation. Uh, you know, this movie gets into the things with um, the Mexican drug cartels. It gets into the things with um, human slavery and, and human trafficking, rather, and, and sex slavery. And it's just, uh, you know, it's all things that are real and all things that exist, uh, you know. And, and, you know, there are parts of Mexico that are just, you do not want to go there because, 
the drug cartels are in charge. And and that's where I think, you know, it doesn't go far enough in creating a well-rounded picture of Mexico. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I don't think that this movie is in, inherently racist. I think it just doesn't um, present anything other than the bad. Now, that is to say the bad stuff that it presents are, like I said, real things. Um, you know, our church actually sends uh, – teams regularly to Juarez in Mexico and uh, there's a school there that we've helped build and that we've helped with general upkeep over the years then and uh, you know that's one of the murder capitals of the world uh, you know because it's just stuff going on there and law enforcement is you know doesn't have, doesn't have the resources that it needs to be able to take care of what's going on with uh, the criminals and you know and so if you're presenting something as it exists in the world, is is that racist? Well, it, yeah, it is if you're trying to do it in such a way that makes everyone think, okay, so everything is like this. Here's this one example of one bad thing and we're going to present it as if ev this represents everything. you know. Uh, and that's not exactly what this movie is doing. Um, but I can see the case for it. You know, I can see people making that case for it, and I could see that being a reading of this movie. Um, it's not my reading of this movie, but uh, that doesn't mean this movie's <laughs> great. You know, I'm not, I'm not defending the movie. I'm, I'm saying, you know, if you're making a movie and you want to present a message or a moral, um, and people aren't getting that message or moral, then then you've done something wrong. Um, although art is subjective, you know, and so maybe you've done something right, and people just subjectively aren't aren't accepting it but uh you know they're they're presenting this situation i i really wish in some ways that this had been a movie where they didn't cross the border uh that the the uh human slavery and not human slavery the the human trafficking and i mean all <laughs> any slavery involving people is human slavery um, but the human trafficking and the sex slavery and the sex trade and that sort of thing is a real thing even just within the United States. And I almost wish that they had just when they made this movie not had him cross the border and actually had him address this situation here in the States. Um, and that would actually would have probably cleared up a little bit of the the mess as far as what when people are interpreting this movie uh, – as having motivations that I don't think it does have. I don't think that the motivation of this movie is to present Mexico and Mexicans as awful, terrible, no good, very bad people. Um, but it is definitely trying to, like the previous movie with Burma, shine a light on an issue I think that Americans aren't aware of. It does so in such a way, though, that comes off as um, just, just very, very unbalanced and unstable. Um, and that's the same with the character, unbalanced and unstable. So he goes in. He is violent. He, uh, you know, there's three basic battles that happen with him, and one, uh, actually, the first two he loses, um, and in different ways. Um, but the the one that he loses in the first first battle, again, it's brutal. He goes in. He's unprepared, and he is. Uh, overwhelmed and outnumbered, and then in the second one, it's uh, it's 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 a haunting moment. Um, it's very very violent. He goes into where the uh, the rooms are for the sex slaves to go and rescue um, this this girl, and and he goes in with a hammer and he just goes in quick and violent and brutal. Um, 
and goes to rescue these other ladies as well. And as he goes in and does so, they're afraid to leave because if they leave um, and they get caught, there it's it's going to be bad for them. And and that is, you know, it, it just stuck with me. It stuck with the. I think it was supposed to, you know, um, because it's presenting uh, these women in a situation where they just feel like there is no way out, and that is often the case in situations like this from what I understand, from what I've heard, not from any kind of experience that I've had with any kind of actual contact with someone, um, but from various documentaries I've seen and uh, videos and, and that sort of thing with interviews, uh, that is uh, the feeling is that I can't escape. There's no way out. And they don't want to run away because if they run away and get caught, it's, it's going to be very, very bad for them. And so that's his loss as well. Um, and then the third battle, which brings in the Doors music, and it's basically just Rambo as a serial killer, as serial murderer. Um, I mean, it, it's very much uh, – I've not seen any of the Saw movies, but from what I understand of the Saw movies, it almost feels like that style of thing where you're just watching and waiting for people to die. And waiting to see how they die. Uh, the same with any kind of slasher film. You know, where this is this is Rambo as Michael Myers or Rambo as uh, Jason, where he's just going through uh, one by one all of these guys. Um, it's you know, it's it's like Home Alone too, because he's setting all these traps and everything. And um, and so yeah, it's it's Home Alone meets Friday the Thirteenth meets saw or something like that where he's setting all these traps and uh and it's meant to be cathartic because finally you get to see you know the bad guys get what's coming to them but it's overwhelming i mean it's just waves and waves and waves of violence and you kind of become desensitized to it it's not like it builds up either it is kind of this straight line flat line of just this level of of killing and and violence and uh it doesn't really rise until the finale uh the final kill and the final kill is just ridiculous and uh and then it ends with him just sitting uh on a rocking chair on the porch and does he die as he's reminiscing about the previous four movies and this movie um because it gives us flashbacks to the previous four movies and this movie uh, as he's riding away on a horse into the sunset and, you know, which uh, it's nice to see all those glimpses back in the past. And, uh, you know, I've got a set, though, of those DVDs, uh, all four of the movies. And uh, this is one that I will not be trying to buy as a completionist. I'm not going to watch this movie again as much as I love the uh, brutality of The Doors. Uh, what is the movie? What is that song called? five to one or whatever it is. That's actually about like the ratio of deaths um, as far as the soldiers who were sent over to, to Vietnam. And it's, it's this, it's just this driving hard song that I like, you know, I like the doors and I like their music. And um, when it starts kicking in on the speakers on in Rambo's caves where he set all the traps, it, it throws off all the bad guys, you know, they're just what's going on, what's going on. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's, the, you know, the tiger trap, you know, with the spikes and everything and, and they're falling through pits in the floor and, um, you know, he's he's got all this st stuff going on there and it's meant to be this great moment. But it, instead, it's just this uh, 
just tedious almost uh tedious just death after death after death um i did find it interesting while i was in the theater uh i was I was actually one of the youngest people in the theater. There might have been one person younger than me, and everyone else was definitely older than me. Uh, there were two women in the theater, and I'm, we're talking about probably 25 people in the theater. Saw it opening night instead of Ad Astra, uh, which I did go see Ad Astra with Evan, but um, we're not doing an episode about that movie um, right now. There's no plans for that uh, because I I enjoyed it. And that's something you know, that's worth talking about, but Evan hated it. So he gave it one star on his letterbox anyway. Uh, so anyway, all the buildup with Rambo into this movie, uh, I I feel like the climax of this movie, the, the final act of this movie was just this kind of monotonous, tedious thing um, was just a really unsatisfying conclusion to the Ram- Rambo saga where you, you have this character and, and I look at this character and he's kind of a, uh, uh, a sinful angel of righteousness, you know, and which in some ways is, a, a you know, the United States itself in that it does wrong things, but sometimes for the right reasons. And, you know, this is him. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that everything the United States does is like that. I'm just saying that there are, you know, some things where, you know, you know, war, for example, war is something that maybe is unavoidable and war is something that maybe is, um, necessary even, um, but it doesn't make it good, you know, and it doesn't make it right. Uh, and, and that's the same thing with Rambo. He, he's not good. Uh, he's not right. He, he, in fact, in this movie embraces the fact that, uh, he is not a good man and he's not going to be a good man. You know, he is just, he is what he is and, and what he is, isn't very nice, you know, and, um, he's not good. He's just pushed down the bad so that it's not coming through and he's able to live a, a semi-normal life finally. And that semi-normal life gets, gets ripped away from him. And like any movie, it sets up a problem and then gives you a climax and a release at the end where the problem gets solved. Uh, it's just not done well. And there's a lot of things I would have done differently if I was, you know, handed the keys to a multi-million-dollar franchise. But um, that's not happening anytime soon. So, what can I say? You know, but I've got my multi-dozen-dollar franchise that I'm working on with Supersonic Pod Comics. So there's there's that. But anyway, um, the whole point of this movie, uh, it just could have been made in a much better way. The point could have been made in a much better way. The movie could have, have too. Um, I really wish that the last movie had been the last movie and this one just does not, does not work well for me. And, uh, it's kind of disappointing ending to the franchise. You know, we'll see if they do another one, but I really, really doubt it. And I don't want to see anyone else play this character. Uh, Stallone is Rambo. Um, but you've had all these movies where, you know, it's moving from, you know, the kind of 70s statement movie into the 80s over-the-top action into the, um, you know, Rambo where it's it's this, uh, again, kind of gritty uh, roadhouse, um, grindhouse, not roadhouse, gritty grindhouse kind of thing. Uh, and then into this where it's, I guess, embracing that gritty grindhouse um, 
revenge fantasy death wish kind of thing you know this very easily could have fit into the take the script put charles bronson in it and you know take out just a couple details and this is a, a death wish movie um not and that means to me not the greatest rambo movie but anyway it's a movie that's trying to say something so there's that and it's a movie that's trying to um make a statement and and bring again bring uh attention to something that the average american doesn't necessarily even realize is going on with sex trafficking and with kidnapping of women into forced prostitution and it's 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 bad. It's awful. And I've seen interviews with people who have gotten out of it. And um, when they're in it, it's hopeless. And and this movie is not a movie that is meant to bring hope. Um, it's just a movie that's meant to use that hopelessness. And that's, I guess it's probably a problem. You know, it's an exploitation movie in the sense that it is taking this hopelessness using this hopelessness to create a situation where it's just a bloodbath and it's not the greatest. So that is, man, okay, so that's about an hour and a half of me talking about Rambo movies and I can't wait to actually re-listen to this because I I, I recorded the beginning of this so long ago. But um, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I started as long ago as I did because I wouldn't have gotten it done in time. But yeah, all all things considered, I like all the Rambo movies except for this one. I like them all for different reasons. It's not the greatest cinema I've ever watched, but um, you know that first Rambo movie, I I know I'm going to watch that one again. You know, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. Definitely not today. Definitely not tomorrow. But in a couple of years, I'll probably revisit it again because uh, just just the snapshot in time that it gives and. Uh, uh, and I like the performances and everything, but I, I doubt I'll ever go back to this movie again. And I'm not sure if I'll go back to any of the other ones either. So, so anyway, if I were to rank this on Letterboxd, uh, which I'm, I don't think I've even messed with at all, but if I were to rank this on Letterboxd, I probably would say, you know, I like the first one the best. I like the last one the least. And I like those ones in the middle. I, I like them. I, I rank them in the middle. <laughs> So how's that for non-committal letterbox ranking? Um, don't look up my letterbox to see because I don't. I'm not ranking them on on letterbox. I'm not messing with that. But I was planning on it, and then I realized there's only really one movie out of the bunch that I feel like is a is a good good movie. So anyway, that is Rambo. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for spending some time as I ramble through the Rambo franchise. And uh, from here, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what's going to be next episode just because we're recording these all out of order. I just know the next episode will not be about Ad Astra, even though it deserves an episode. But um, I need to find someone who who liked the movie or who wants to discuss it <laughs> and heaven who i went and saw it with is not that person <laughs> he hated that movie so much it was one of those things where oh it was almost funny but at the same time he didn't hate it in in the way that would make for good radio you know he just didn't like it It just didn't connect with him and he liked parts of it didn't like other parts and meanwhile i, I like the visuals of the movie uh it's, it's a movie that doesn't follow plot as much as it follows emotion 
and and that's interesting although also interesting is that you know this is a movie that's about emotion and about um emotional response to things and the main character is somebody who is trying not to have emotion and who's just trying to flatline like his his heart rate and that kind of thing and so it creates a nice dichotomy but it also creates moments of um where you expect the there to be some emotion and and it doesn't go there and and then when it does you know it's it's you're getting that final release and final relief uh, that, that the climax of the movie often will bring. And whether or not it connects with you, that's a whole other story. But anyway, that's not this episode, because this episode is Rambo. <laughs> so anyway, like I said, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Nothing is over. Nothing!